shot from Wilshire off the other side of the crossbar. Nice little chip. Oh, Mr. Oliveira with a cheeky goal. Hey everybody, welcome to the 423 Soccer Pod. This is Jim, a.k.a. Chad Agooner on Twitter. And this is Todd, a.k.a. Great Footballer on Twitter. So Todd, uh, we have uh, just a couple of things to talk about before we throw it to our interview. It's been a little while. Have you finished all of your shopping since it's, since we're recording the Sunday before Christmas? Uh, yes. I finished up yesterday. Uh, my wife is in the other room uh, wrapping the gifts as, as we record this. So I'm very thankful for the podcast. Uh, is getting me temporarily, at least, out of wrapping gifts. So I'm excited about that. Well, you you finished early then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I finished with like what two or three days to spare. Yeah, that's, so yeah, I'm pretty yeah. excited about that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So hey, you know what this 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 may actually be our final podcast of the year. It probably will be. It probably will be. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what your schedule's like. I know the day after Christmas, uh, we're going up to my parents' house in Virginia, and we're going to be there until the 29th. So we won't be back until kind of late that Sunday. Then I've got to go to work. What's the crazy? We've got to work on the 30th and the 31st. I think I will be the only person on campus um, for those two days, and then we get the first off, and then I have to go right back. So. Yeah, this might be the the for, last for everybody for everybody else for everybody else out there that that works in public service and or a hospital that never sleeps. We <laughs> we're very unsympathetic to your plight. I understand. I understand. I I do. I, I have to. I do have to acknowledge. You know my my higher ed privilege. I do get. I do get a, a whole week off, and you know my son, my older son, is working in retail right now as he's saving money to go back to school. And he is living that retail life. He uh, is not. He had some. Um, he had some thoughts about the Christmas season. <laughs> that that well, are. I bet he had some thoughts <laughs> that are a little different now that he's on the other side of the register. So, so yeah, this this might very yeah, well be thoughts have developed. And I will. I I think maybe you know, Todd, if you're up for this, I have a list of six or maybe six or seven stories from 2019 and I thought maybe I'll send those to you and then for everybody listening maybe what we'll do for our first show of of 2020 is a look back at like the top five stories from 19 um you know for the top top CFC stories that that kind of came out in the news for 2019 what is that sound what do you think of that that if we were really if we were really on top of our podcasting, that would be this show. I know. But very much uh, on script, we will be doing a look back on 19 for our yeah. show, first show in 20. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think that's pretty much on brand. <laughs> well, I tried to get, you know, I had all these plans about sending out uh, a list of stories and having having supporters vote and and all this stuff, and and I just you know didn't really follow through. So yeah, that's that's kind of it. Pretty much is on brand, but mm-hmm. so that near the I guess as the year is ending up, we just have a couple of of stories that have come out. You know, there there are like the big things. That I don't think I want to spend a lot of time talking about. I think it's it's been hashed out on Twitter and on other other podcasts. You know, Miami leaving Nisa to go to USL. You know, that was that was a big story that came out. I don't really care to talk about that. 
um, just focusing on stuff that that hits CFC. You know, we've got a couple of things. That, one thing that came out that's that's still kind of sending ripples through lower division soccer is the uh, the new structure, the restructured schedule for the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, what was your take on that? Uh, it's, I don't know. It's U.S. soccer is a it's a conundrum uh, unto itself, and it's hard to know what their motivations truly are. Um, I mean, obviously, there's already some issues with the new format. I do like uh, the way the pro clubs are coming in or, you know, top tier teams are coming in earlier. And it appears like they'll be more likely to travel to uh, lower seated, smaller uh, teams. I like that. Um, Opening up earlier, though, has already caused some problems, obviously, with uh, some of the teams that are dependent on college players because those players are still in college. So we've already seen uh, some ripple effects from that uh, with three or four clubs already announcing that, you know, they're they're not going to be able to participate. So that, in a way, kind of defeats what the U.S. Open Cup is about, which is, you know, about, you know, teams being able to to uh, to challenge, you know, <clears throat> at levels that they're not normally able to and be inclusive. And this seems uh I don't know if it really so much shines on the U.S. Open Cup or the or the flaw in the college system. I mean, kind of take your choice with that one. Yeah, I, th- I think it highlights a flaw in in just the overall system that you know we rely. You know, you have this college system, and then you have a club system that lays on top of it. They have separate rules, and you know they re- they don't really work well together. I don't know where to lay the blame. You know the the you have the NCAA, you've got U.S. soccer. I think there's a little bit of blame to go both ways. You know that if uh, if the NCAA wasn't so adamant about this kind of this amateur status that you know not allowing amateur players to pl- to play with professional players, um, you know if if that was if that wasn't as strongly held, then it, there might be some things that could be done. You know if the season was a little different. Um, the college season, you know, they've, ex- I think they've even extended the college season when makes that, which makes this overlap a little worse. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's such, it's so, you know, talk about being on brand, you know, the, the one thing about U S soccer that seems to be consistent is that the various parts of U S soccer do not talk to and do not care about one another. And so, so no, you nothing, just nothing works well, um, together. And it's it's just kind of it's just kind of a symptom of, of I think this this a system that is just um, piecemeal and not really there's really no leadership outside of you know the U.S. soccer doing what they think is best for MLS that only that seems to be the only consistency that that you know they they protect that league everybody else can you know just kind of pound sand as far as the USSF is concerned so. Yeah, so you said that the I didn't I didn't copy this down, so I don't know exactly. I I believe the 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 pro clubs, the MLS clubs, the, at least the bottom half of the or the bottom ten or eleven teams come in in the third round, and I don't know when that is. I know the first deadline that comes up is uh, New Year's Eve, December thirty first, is when the pro division teams have to confirm participation, and then once that happens, I think they'll go ahead and start lining up the initial rounds um, for scheduling. So this, the first round is scheduled to kick on March 24th, and I, I'm assuming that that is amateur clubs kind of playing each other. 
And then the second round, which is where I believe the D2 and D3 leagues enter in. So that will be NISA, US, uh, USL League 2, excuse me, USL League 1 and USL Championship will enter that second round on April 7th. So that will be the first time that we get a chance um, to to enter into that U.S. Open Cup. And I'm assuming that that first round would be against, excuse me, that would be the second round, our first round. But the second round would be against an, an amateur team that played in that March 24th uh, round of games. But I'm not really sure. You know, I think one of the things that a lot of people – thought that with with our participation in the US Open Cup everybody was pointing to this um this uh, idea that uh CFC and the Red Wolves might play each other and I don't know I don't know how that's going to work um if the MLS clubs enter in in round 3 if we win our second round game which I assume would be against an amateur team then I don't you know I don't know maybe it's just a draw at that point, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm sure uh, USSF has some like fancy mechanism to decide like who goes where and does what. Uh, I mean, obviously that would be the talk of lower division soccer if, if that were to come to fruition, and and we we played uh, uh, the Utah Carpetbaggers in, in uh, that round. It would definitely uh, uh, raise some eyebrows. But I think uh, one of the parts I do like about the new format is. The idea of uh, like we, what I'm referring to is, is the Nashville half of the MLS table, which is the bottom half. Is if you can't figure that out, the bottom half of the table will uh, be coming in about that time. And I think there's been much more of an impetus on those teams traveling to the smaller market or the smaller venue, um, which I do like. That kind of puts a little more pressure on on those MLS teams. Uh, so who knows? Maybe. Uh, Maybe we would get a, a Nashville coming to town or something like that. Uh, really hard to know because, I mean, once again, I don't, I don't think we have all the cards to look at yet to, to see the possibilities. But it's fun to speculate, you know, and that's the beauty of the Open Cup uh, in any country is the idea that, you know, you may draw a crosstown team or, you know, you may uh, draw a club that's two levels above you playing at, at a higher level. So uh, it's all, all part of the magic. Yeah, I mean the, those are the you know those are the really cool get goal, cool matches like in the FA Cup or in the uh, in the League Cup in 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 the UK when you've got a Premier League club going to like a League One side or going to a a Championship side um, you know seeing those you know see seeing those Premier League clubs pull up to you know a local community a community pitch is uh, in a stadium is, is yeah that, that, is just that cool. holds that holds five thousand people right yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the you know, I, I know that I know that I, you know I can remember I can remember Arsenal playing in in some matches and and just following along with the uh, the supporters that I follow on Twitter, the ones that tried to get the just the the uh, the excitement around the the ground for a game like that for the for the smaller side, and then the and then the the just the the hunt for tickets. Uh, and and how much those tickets are worth, and and just the experience that it has to be for for a lower level side, you know, I, I think that's you know, I, I remember, you know, the that that first Atlanta United game when they came and played. I mean, it was just neat. I mean, it was neat to it was neat to have as much as you know I can 
give side eye to the MLS and and all it will it will be cool. Um, and we of course we've had friendlies against MLS sides, um, so I think it will be cool to have a competitive match in Finley uh, against a Division One team. So I, that's what I hope. But you know, I guess when you're talking about uh, the FA Cup and you're talking about you know one of the larger teams going to lose or the one of the larger teams going to one of the smaller clubs. Were you were you referencing when uh, Manchester United played Arsenal at Highbury? I'm, I'm sorry. What what were you? What was your question? <laughs> uh, I, Come on, man. That was good. I don't know if I don't know good. if anybody else. I, I don't know if anybody else. I think I think we had some technical difficulties there. For a second, no, Todd. That's not what I was Whatever. talking about. Anyway, it's enough of that. <laughs> was it magical to see the big that huge club come to Highbury and play? <laughs> okay, I'll quit. Yeah, I'll you, stop. Need to, you need to stop. Think you know things I'm are things are not things are not uh, things are not going well on my side of North London right now. Even though we do hey, have look, we man, manager. Look, man. Unless you're unless you're Liverpool, there ain't much going right. Oh, for seriously. <laughs> In I'm, case nobody's noticed, that is true. That is, this is true. the exact kind of season. This is the exact kind of season. If you take Liverpool out of it, this is the exact kind of season that allowed uh, Leicester to win a few yeah, years ago. Exactly. If Liverpool wasn't doing mm-hmm. what they're doing, yeah. everybody else is mucking around. Yep. Yep. Everybody anyway, else is farting back, around. Back, back, now that we can come back off our EPL tangent. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, man. The, the Open Cup, I mean, there's. It's a, it's a great contest, and, and you know most of us have been screaming for years. I mean, promote this thing, for God's sake. Do something to to make it bigger, to uh, give it its own stage. And U.S. soccer, like, they could not shoot themselves in the foot any more often and with any more accuracy if, if they tried. I mean, it, it is just a calamity of errors over the years uh, to showcase it, what should be, you know, one of the – the the great events and oldest you know trophies in American soccer and and I mean it to me it's just one of the the great tragedies of of what is U.S. soccer. Yeah, but again, I think it's very on brand for U.S. soccer. It's it's just every <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I mean everything about the you know nobody works together. No parts of the no parts of the system work with the with the other parts. It's it's this mishmash that n- there is no leadership outside of a group of people making sure that 30 or so, um, you know, billionaires don't lose any money. So that, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's my tinfoil hat rant for, for tonight. <clears throat> so that's really it for the, 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 the news. I mean, I don't know if you have anything else. Um, you know, we've got a really good interview with Owen Seaton who, you know, that I, I got to do, unfortunately, Todd, you were, unable to join us. And, uh, so you've got to listen to the interview. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a great interview. Uh, you know, I think you flying solo. Uh, you did a, you did a great, great job with the interview and Owen really kind of opens up about what his, um, well, his background, number one, which my goodness, I mean, the idea that this, that, that Owen is now applying his, his, all his wit at CSC just blows my mind when you guys hear where he came from and like what his background is. The idea that he, he's in Chattanooga and, and CFC was able to uh, secure his services is, is uh, nothing short of remarkable and really just kind of goes back to like, you know, he, he's, 
he loves Chattanooga. You know, he's been part of this town. He's friends with Tim Kelly, which I'm sure like plays a big part in it. But, uh, but no, uh, he really opens up about his, his position uh, at the club and what he does, which, you know, for me, I'm like, chief marketing officer, well, I guess you do the marketing side. But as he explains, like, because it is a small club, they, they wear a lot of hats and there's a lot of crossovers. So uh, that'll be our um, uh, Dose Bros interview of the week. Uh, that'll be coming up in, in just a few minutes. Um, you know, you did want to mention uh, the uh, open tryouts uh, being held by uh, CFC on January 4th. Uh, and I've heard mixed uh, things about um, open tryouts in, in terms of like, you know, are they are they worth it? Uh, you know, does the club charge for them? That sort of thing. Uh, well, kind of what are your thoughts on, on uh, open tryouts? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that. I don't think they would. I don't think we, I mean, does a club charge anybody to show, to, to be able to come and try out? Right. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think we do, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I don't, I think they're a good idea. I don't know, um, how many players, if any players will show up to an open tryout without, without the coaches already knowing who they are and that person winning a, you know, winning a spot on the 25 man roster. I mean, I think that's, that's probably, um, you know, that's probably a, the 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 chances of that happening are probably really low. But I do think if you're going to, I, I think it's part of being a community club is that opening your doors and allowing folks to come in and and hey, just take your shot and show us what you've got. I think it would make a lot more sense and and maybe in the future if we had different layers of the, of the club, you know, if there was a U21, a U23, or if there were other sides, you know, you know, if, if, and, and I don't know this, they may have, they may be planning on having, um, you know, kind of a practice squad. I don't, I've not heard anything about it. I don't know. I'm not even asking anybody about it. You know, those folks would have to be local players, but um, you know, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have a group of people that, that you give some type of commitment to that they could come to some training. They can, you know, th- you know, they can make up some of the practice teams and, and give, and give oh other. Oh my goodness. I think, I think you've, I think you've had a, a moment of brilliance here. Yeah. You bring these guys in and you know, you, if you need them because of injury, you can sign them to short-term contracts. Yeah. And uh, yeah, these, I mean, and I think if you look in the Chattanooga area, especially if you dip down to North Georgia, uh, you can you can find some talent in a pinch for yeah. sure. So I don't uh, so I don't that, know the, I don't know if that's there, Jim. I don't. I, well, I mean, if if I've thought about it, I'm sure other people. I'm ta- have hey, I'm about taking it. that and I'm running straight to the top, <laughs> and I'm claiming it's my idea. Okay, that's fine. But you know, I don't. I, again, I don't know if that's their if that's their thinking or not. But it would make some sense to me that if you had local people. That you know you're you're not going to bring somebody in from out of the country, or you're not going to bring somebody from across the country to 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 be a like a practice player. But if you've got people local um, that come to show up, or people that could drive in for you know you know two or three training sessions a week, it makes some sense. I, you know, again, I don't I don't know what the rules are, the limitations are on that, but. I mean, overall, I think it, I think it, I like to see open tryouts. I like to see the club doing them. Uh, I would hope that they continue. I think it makes even more sense, you know, three or four years from now, if we have an NPSL side, but 
you know, I think, I think there are some things that you, there were some ways you can make it work and make it meaningful. Again, I think it'd be a really big story if somebody showed up to an open tryout, um, you know, unknown to the coaches and they make the 20, that 25, that would be, you know, that, I think that would be kind of a, a lead story on the website. They would want to market that kind of grassroots story. So, you know, I, I and I'll be honest with you. There's, there's enough, there's enough hidden talent in uh, North Georgia that, uh, you know, whether they're playing in the local uh, Mexican league or whether they're, you know, whether that be in Dalton, Gainesville, Calhoun, et cetera, uh, there, I'm telling you, there's there's a kid out there that hasn't been uh, um, scouted out and and could hold down a spot. Uh, I mean, I firmly believe that. Yeah, maybe um, so. And I, I hope he, I hope I, we I find them. A great, a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I hope he I hope he finds us, man. But uh, yeah, and they are uh, open. No, I think that'd be great, and I hope they move forward and do that. Yeah, and they're open to the public, so you can go and and check and check those tryouts out at least as far as i can remember uh what was announced they're open yeah because don't the chattahooligans try to do a, a pancake breakfast for those guys they do something yeah something like that so i i'm planning on i think it's a saturday right it's saturday january 4th so you know i'm thinking you know i'll probably i'll probably want to go out there and 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 take a look and and, and see what see what we've got just because you know what else are you doing on january 4th that saturday so Hopefully I won't be at work, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think right. I'm on call that day. <laughs> yeah. So that is really it. The only other thing that I've got, Todd, is I, ta- I sent out a note uh, on Twitter. I had an idea that, um, you know, I- I've been thinking for a while that the music that, that I, you know, the, the royalty free music, <clears throat> excuse me, that I found online uh, that I used for, or that we use for our kind of opening is just, just, you know, it's just kind of royalty stuff, royalty free stuff that, that I found. And I thought, you know, one of the thing I, I will, I'll be honest, I was kind of jealous of, of red and the four fifty one podcast for, you know, rested peace. Um, you know, he had a, <laughs> he had a local Detroit, uh, band do or not, I mean it was a song it, it wasn't done for the podcast but it was a local band that did a song um it was a soccer based song or, or kind of I think around Detroit city and I was always jealous that there you know that 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 he had kind of a a, a community based band had a song that he could then you know he could pub because you know it's it's um it would be nice to have Chattanooga music on the Chattanooga podcast about the, you know, the club that Chattanooga built. So I sent out a request. I did get two or three, um, you know, some artists that, that kind of touch base. And, and I think, you know, going into the new year, I will probably try and, and hopefully there'll be more that, that will reach out or I can connect with and that will try to get some music, um, on the podcast from folks. But then and just kind of a happy happenstance. I think somebody retweeted into my timeline a a song that um, that was produced by uh, a local music producer, and um, it's Summer Dregs. And the um, the song was a song that uh, his neighborhood, East Lake. Um, is uh is one that he says quote is known for broken bottles old tires loud cars kids yelling and sirens so he took he had a community uh organizing effort where they go and clean up did like a neighborhood cleanup 
and he then created musical instruments out of the bottles and tires and 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 then the other sounds of his neighborhood and he put them together in a song called the sound of clean and somebody had uh, retweet or tweeted that into my or retweeted it into my timeline and so i reached out and said hey would you mind if i used i don't know 30 or 35 seconds of this song somewhere in our podcast. And so he emailed me back this morning and said, Hey, that'd be great. Just make sure you, you know, you share who it's with. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I didn't do it. So I've got no problem with that. Again, the, the music producer is, is Carl uh, Cadwell and he goes by, um, summer dregs. So it's summerdregs.com. If you want to go look his stuff up, he's got a lot of cool stuff. Again, you may, you may know him, and others may know him by the Tennessee Valley commercials. Do you remember those commercials? The group of like four or five commercials that had local artists singing songs about the credit union. I do actually. Yeah. So he produced those and wrote two of the or co-wrote two of the songs. Um, and it was, what was funny was that, you know, one of the bands down there, that's another reason why I had this idea is that there's a couple of local bands that I, you know, I, that did songs for that kind of that series that I really like. Um, and so I, it, it was all kind of a nice, happy happenstance that this all came together. And so there's a moment in the interview that um, I almost talk Owen into an empty tank of gas because he's in his car going home and he has to get out and fill his car up. And at that point, you're going to hear 30 to 40 seconds. I can't remember how much it is of the sound of clean. And again, it's summer dregs. And it's a, a music that is uses um, instruments built from things that they collected during a, a community cleanup at and East Lake in a, a community a local uh, neighborhood in Chattanooga. So this will be the first time you know we have kind of local music in um, and kind of put into the podcast. And so I'm excited about it. If you if anybody out there knows of any other artists that that we could work with and and you know, because both of our listeners probably like Chattanooga music. So, you know, I want to make sure that both of them yeah, get. Yeah, they like local stuff. Yeah. Mom, you know, my mom, your mom, and Bailey. <laughs> yes, and Bailey. So those are three listeners um, probably really enjoy music that's from Chattanooga. So if you know anybody else, um, hit us up and on the DMs or in the, in the Twitters and, and let us know. So I'm looking forward to it. All right, and that brings us to our Dose Bros interview of the week. And as usual, Dose Bros reminds you to eat local and ball local. And uh, this week's interview, we have Owen Seaton, who uh, uh, took a few minutes, as uh, Gunnar was saying, to chat with him. It sounds like on a ride, a drive home, you ran him out of a tank of gas, which is impressive. Uh, and I, I don't know if have we ever done that to a guest? Like talked to them so long they ran out of a tank of gas. No, no, uh, uh-uh. we have it. We have okay. it. Okay, I'll I'll put that I'll put that as the first. <laughs> All right, and so without further ado, uh, we give you uh, Chief Marketing Officer for Chattanooga Football Club, Owen Seaton. And now next on the podcast, we are fortunate to have Owen Seaton. Owen is the new chief marketing officer for the Chattanooga Football Club. Owen, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Oh, happy to be here. Thanks. So you and I have talked a lot off, you know, kind of offline. And uh, we have 
you know, you you worked at see you worked at UTC for a little bit, so we have a little bit of history. We've watched some soccer games before you with your team and mine with mine. So um, it's <laughs> it was great to uh, when I heard that uh, that you were coming back. It was it was really good news. Um, what have you been doing for the past couple of years after you? after you left UTC and, and before you uh, decided to come back to Chattanooga to work for the club? Uh, so when I left Chattanooga, I went to work for a company that's probably the largest um, sports production agency in the com- in the country uh, called Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment Productions. And um, it's a big, big company that has a lot of kind of arms and tentacles and and the arm i worked for was the in menu production arm which does the video board shows for the olympics the super bowl the final four kentucky derby pretty much the biggest sporting events the olympics um in the world um uh, and in the u.s and and so i was with them for almost six years did uh the kentucky derby was my primary client but also um, I did the. I served as the lead producer on the International Champions Cup. So um, the last six seasons, as those um, team, those clubs came and toured the U.S. and Europe uh, for friendlies prior to the start of the European leagues. Um, that was my my baby. So um, getting all of the in venue production ready for all all the different stadiums, and then you know leading the producers that produced each of those matches. Um, so. That was kind of my tie-in on the on the soccer side of things, and you know Tim and I have been friends for a long time. And then um, a year, a little more than a year ago, uh, I was in Madrid in London with International Champions Cup doing some stuff when the franchise from Utah came to town, and Tim and I started talking quite a bit um, during that period of time, just talking about ways to you know ensure that things with the club were, were on good footing and that just kind of started the process of, you know, Tim eventually offered me a position to come down and, and help the club. And, you know, my, my daughter was born in Chattanooga. We, you know, this is my third time living here now. If you add it up, it's about 18 years I've been here. So we're, we're really excited to be back. So what, uh, what exactly will you be doing? What's your, what are your main duties uh, with the club now? Well, I mean, because we're we're a small full time staff, everybody has a quite a bit of overlap, you know, because it takes quite uh, you know it's quite a team effort to get everything done. Um, but I'll have uh, uh, quite a bit to do with sponsorship, sales, and service, um, but also the marketing of the club, obviously, um, you know, which is you know ticket sales are a big piece of that, but how we market. Um, our ticket packages, how we market our individual games, how we market the club as a whole, and then, to be honest, how we also um, tell the story of not just the club, but the foundation, the academy, OGA, Highland Park Commons, all those things that that exist as a result of the club and the foundation. Um, And then, you know, the uh, PR, press box operations, um, something near and dear to your heart, statistics, (laughs) Um, all those things kind of, you know, uh, video production, streaming, all those things will kind of be, you know, under my purview, so to speak. So, so what, what do you think, uh, from your production experience with the ICC, uh, you know, certainly that is a, a different level than, 
you know, game, you know, match day at, at Finley. But what, um, you know, what, what do, you, what do you see, or, or what do, would you like to see the experience be like at Finley? And, and are, are there differences that that you would foresee? And, and you know, what, what might the game going uh, fan or spectator um, notice differently about the experience kind of going forward? Uh, well, we haven't drilled down into specifics yet, but, um, you know, there's a, there's a very fine balance to achieve. We always want to respect the, the game. So from whistle to whistle, you know, the game is the game and the game is the focus. But the reality of things is we have bills to pay. We have sponsors to integrate and all of those. So it's up to us as a team um, and when I say team, I'm talking about the front office. Um, it's up to us as a team to find the best way to achieve both, which is uh, find that happy balance between uh, the crowd uh, that would, if you just did nothing and rolled the ball out and played, would be content just to be there and watch, and the casual fan that maybe wants a little bit more stimulation or doesn't know any of the players and needs help um, identifying those things uh, along with sponsors and their, their employees that are at the games that want to see their brand um, next to the CSC brand. And so there's a lot of um, balls to juggle. And the, the important thing is that we do it in a way that doesn't detract from the on-field play, um, but in a way that helps us achieve the budget goals and things that we need to achieve as a club to continue to operate and to operate at a very high level. Well, basically, Owen, I was asking if you're going to have another t-shirt cannon. I mean, that's basically what I was asking. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, um, last week when the other podcast um, (laughs) threw out a thing about questions uh, when I was going to be on there, I replied with the t-shirt cannon just because I knew you were watching the Twitter feed and, and your head would explode. So, um, well, I, I just, I, I would be, I would be shocked if there is ever a t-shirt cannon in Finley stadium, uh, with CFCs, uh, at a CFC match. And, um, as a, as although, um, as a Simpsons fan, uh, you, you, I'm a Simpsons fan. You may recall uh, Maude Flanders, Ned Flanders' wife, died when she got hit by a T-shirt cannon. Um, you know, T-shirt shot out of a T-shirt cannon. So I have a uh, devilish predilection to um, the mayhem that comes with those things. Um, but no, I mean, I think that goes. I think that goes back to you know what I was saying earlier about just respecting the game. Uh, you know, look, there there are a lot of lessons that for us to learn um, from things like minor league baseball or some of the um, uh, independent thing, you know, teams in different sports around the world that do what they have to do to pay the bills. But I don't, I don't foresee us, um, you know, having used car night or, um, you know, launching Tim Kelly out of a cannon, um, you know, or anything along those lines to, you know, to pay a bill. Uh, yeah, that, that's good. I'm sure Tim would appreciate hearing that. But moving, moving from the, the supporter who is in the stands to the supporter who might be watching, um, from their living room, or we have supporters in in other areas of the country who might be checking in. What, um, do you see any differences or, or what, what are the plans going for, 
uh, are going on for for the kind of the broadcast. I know that I know that you spent a little bit of time with the 109 guys talking about uh, Mike Kuju, and so I, I think that that's certainly a question that I'll, I'd like to get to. But um, just from just from a production standpoint, and and you know what you have seen in the past, what what differences might we see in that uh, that production going forward? Um, well, we, the, the league is committed to my Kuju for the spring. So, um, as far as where you will watch, um, I don't see that changing in the very short term. I, I did have lunch with El Conductor the other day to, um, basically have him bring me up to speed on, you know, what, what we've been doing. I mean, I've watched, our streams, um, got, you know, I've watched some of them live, but I've gone back and watched the archives um, just to kind of see how we were doing things. Um, and then, you know, when I had lunch with El Conductor the other day, he filled me in on exactly how they were achieving that technically and what equipment we have and all those kinds of things. That That's definitely a situation where we we will make some changes, but they may be a little bit slower than... Um, I mean, I don't see any huge changes for spring, mainly because we have so many other things we have to do for spring that that are more uh, impact the immediate budget that that will need my attention and Jeremy's attention and um, those things. And but we will be exploring a lot of things. I mean, there's not any stone that we're going to leave unturned, so to speak. First off. They, we we may make some changes into where you view the stream. Um, you know, we last year we sent to you know sent things to MyCuju, but we also concurrently sent things to YouTube so that you could watch there. Yeah, that will at least in the short term that'll at least in the short term continue. We're exploring the possibility of building out an OTT app, which OTT is uh, without getting too technical. It's stands for over the top. It just means like if you if you have a Roku or a Apple TV or um, you know a, a set top box of some kind that you can download apps to, you potentially would be able to download a CFC app and watch our streams there. In some early just conversations with people and some you know asking the question on Twitter and there'll, there'll be a year end survey coming out soon that has a bunch of streaming questions on it. Um, it seems like the majority of people that at least have responded so far that are watching streams are watching in one of two ways. They're either watching on a mobile device or they're watching whatever device they're watching on. They're they're sending it to a TV. Yeah. At, you know, from from a laptop, from an iPad, from some kind of device. Um, there's some there's some. Um, instability that comes with that mm -hmm. if you introduce it because it's because it's not meant for those that you know a stream that's sent to an ipad is is encoded and specifically designed for an ipad and if you if you then send it to a tv you're introducing uh an extra lever into there which um will impact the quality of the experience that you get where if you're watching it on an ott app it's natively designed to be sent to your 55-inch screen or sent to whatever device that app lives on. And so it's going to be a higher quality experience. Plus, depending on the OTT app, you may also be able to have um, a social element built in where you can watch and tweet 
through the app at the same time or um, Facebook at the same time or buy a scarf or a shirt at the same time or look at stats or look at rosters. Um, so there's some next level things we would be able to do. Plus, we could brand it. We could you could be watching it and next to it, it would you know tell you when the next home game is. Things like that that are a little bit fancier and and serve a, serve our branding and marketing purposes a little better than if you're watching on my Kuju or watching on YouTube or something like that. So um, that said, that's going to take a little while to build out and to test and to do some things. So it's not going to be you know don't look for it in the spring, but um, but that's an avenue we're exploring. So you brought up earlier that stats are my, the, the, you know, the things that I, I get into and, and you just mentioned it again as something that might happen along with that app. Uh, any more, any news along the, the partnership front with Nisa? Um, so I don't have to watch my Kuju 15 times to do the, the little bit of stats I like to do. Yes and no. Um, there is news. I don't have enough details to satisfy the itch that you want scratched. Um, but the, the league, the league uh, has a stats solution in mind and will be training our designees soon. And on that software, I don't know what it is. That's okay. all I know. Um, so, so there will be league wide codified uniform statistics. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what it's going to be and, and what I don't even know what categories they're going to track and whether or not the categories they track. I, I mean, I'm sure XG isn't going to be part of it. Um, <laughs> what? You know, but I, but I don't know. Will, will it track? Right. But I don't know. Will it track possession? Will it track, you know, how many times you're in the attacking third? Uh, you know, I don't know what level of, you know, I mean, look from where we've been, um, I would, I would, um, you know, I would certainly hope starting out, we would, that all of the quote unquote traditional stats would be tracked and accounted for and uniform across the league. And then once we're there, then we can explore, uh, advanced analytics. Cause I know our, our technical staff would like some of that stuff. And if we track it uh, in the press box, then they don't have to go back and watch it either. So, so again, that's kind of another one of those, we got to walk before we can run things, but, um, but we will be hopefully be one of the leaders in the league on how we, how we operate those things. And I, you certainly should expect to see those things on our website, you know, after each game, a box score from the game, you know, a season box score updated after every match and things like that. So I've seen the 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 typical Nisa sheet, or at least they 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 shared that, or I guess for the spring, because because you know, we had to turn, I guess turn some of those things in for the friendlies, I believe that we had with Stumptown. Um, so I've seen that. Are you are you saying that do you think there'll be more than than just the just those things, or you may not you may not be able to answer that. Yeah, I don't I don't know the answer. I wish okay. I did. Well, so no XG. No, we need heat maps. We need heat maps. That's what we need. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll forward that. And, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you too, like um, you could possibly be part of the solution if you want to be. I mean, when it's time for us to have people trained by the league, okay. if you want to, you know, lace, lace up your stat keeping shoes and, you know, be in the press box at home games, you could be that guy. I will, I will say it, uh, you know, it really, the little bit that I did, you know, with possession and I guess like ball position um, and XG, the little bit I did makes me 
just bow down to those companies that that do this and do that and do this in real time. And you know, I know they've got you know they've got more than one you know nearly fifty year old schmuck sitting sitting in front of a TV doing it. But still, it's uh, yeah. I mean that's. That's why Opta costs what it costs, right? I mean, we used Opta for International Champions Cup, and they had six people at every match. Yeah, I mean, and, but see, even even with even you telling me that there's only six, I mean, it's the what you can do with six people, and and the and the amount of attention it, that it that it takes. You know, I got to stop and go back and rewind. I mean, I know they can do a little bit of that too in, in their, you know, with, with what they do, but. It's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's really and, amazing. Well, and, and it's you know, the only thing they do all day, every day, those guys, you yeah. know? So, I mean, they're, they, they see a lot more things the first time uh, yeah. than we see, yeah. you know, stopping and re- rewinding. So I uh, kind of moving, uh, moving on to um, some, you know, the, you know, getting the fans to the games, we, you know, we've talked a little bit about what's maybe going on, going on at the game, but getting them there, they're going to need tickets. They're going to need passes. We did see an announcement this week for the 2020 annual passes go out. Any anything you want to spotlight with those before I ask some specific questions? Sure. Um, so you know the the high level takeaways obviously are hey we're guaranteeing this pass is good for 18 matches, which is the same number that the pass was good for last year. Um, the key difference probably being um, the you know the jersey is not your pass, so if you want a jersey, basically you get the jersey at an extremely discounted rate when you buy it in conjunction with the season pass. Um, and this year, for the first time, you get to choose. So you can get the home, the away, or the keeper's jersey. You're not, you know, locked into the one jersey. Um, you know, so there'll be a card with, you know, you'll get a card with a barcode on it that you scan at every, you know, at every entrance. Um, and then also we were introducing the, the ability to, if, you know, if there's a game that you're out of town, you can't make, you can exchange that for a future ticket, um, which means you know, then you could bring a friend or something, you know, or uh, pass it along to somebody that's never been um, for, a, for a future game. So, you know, and then obviously the discounts on parking and merch and all the things that come along with buying the season pass. So, um, and the, you know, discounted beer is back as well, obviously. So that's a key. Uh, for a lot of folks I know. Yeah, so I guess first I'll, you know, I'll ask a little bit about, uh, you know, this doesn't include, and I missed this, I missed this the first time I read read through it. it, it doesn't include U.S. Open Cup international friendly, so it does include maybe a friendly we might pick up against an NPSL side or, or somewhere, you know, some other team, you know, from the States, and then playoffs are not included. Is that correct? Correct. So um, it, it does, I mean, it includes all the matches that we will know about when we when the schedule gets released. You know, international matches are, are their own um, animal, and they're they're very costly to because there are a lot of guarantees that you have to, um, you know, financial guarantees that that you have to make to the international sides to get them to come, whether it's travel, hotels, a lot of times a piece of the gate, um, and you know, and we've taken some really big swings on the international sides in the last couple of years where it's not like we're getting, you know, some fourth division, you know, um, club coming in, we're getting some pretty big sides coming over here. And those, um, those guarantees are hefty. And as a result, the pricing model, just if we included in a, in a, in a season pass, 
that is already um, discounted uh, over the per game ticket, then it's really, really hard to um, make the numbers work. And so that just didn't, um, there was just no um, fiduciary way to, you know, responsibly, responsible way to keep those included in the season pass. Um, U.S. Open Cup, there's just a, you know, no guarantee we're even going to get a home game. So, um, you know, and so um, the, the things that, the unknown pieces of the schedule are are, are not um, included in the season pass, but you're guaranteed the same number of home games that you got last year. And that, that's from, that count that is from spring to all the way to fall. So it's anything that happens this this year, this calendar year of yeah, 2020. Yeah, in, in, in the calendar year of 2020, yeah. So, I mean, and so we did get the question, too, about, you know, well, the, you know, the NISA schedule is going to run fall to spring. Yes, it is. And we kind of had this, you know, little bit of weirdness with this spring spring schedule. And so it just didn't make sense to introduce, uh, we felt in the end, a kind of 18-month season pass that, um, included the full-on NISA schedule, and yes, you'll have to renew in the middle of the the NISA season at the end, you know, at this time next year. But um, but that we'll eventually get it synced up to where you know you're probably the way we're going to land is you know this time next year if you're a season pass holder and you want to extend just to the get to the end of the NISA season, there'll be a uh, an a small upgrade to get it to there and then get everybody on the cycle of buying, you know, in the summertime, renewing the summertime. But from a budget perspective, most people were used to buying this time of year. A lot of people give them us Christmas gifts. It just made sense just to do it, you know, one time as a annual uh, calendar uh, year situation. And then we'll evaluate the best way to move forward going into the, the, 2021 slash 22 NISA season, if that makes sense. So I know right now I have, I have heard, and I think we, maybe Tim said it earlier on when we, when we had a conversation with him that we're looking at that weekend of February 29th, March 1st as kind of the first weekend of, of NISA. Do do we have any more clarity on what, what the season will be and, and, and what fixtures we'll have? Um, you know, there are a lot of calendars and, fixture list coming out right now. And I, you know, I got a question about it um, on Twitter today and I thought I would just ask to see if there was any clarity, any more clarity on, or, or if you knew when we could expect to see some fixture lists. Um, yes. So um, what you heard from Tim is correct. I can tell you, we will open the season on the road because the marathon is at Finley that weekend. Oh, okay. Um, so for, for our first uh, home fixture should be the follow, you know, roughly the following weekend. Um, so we're looking, you know, potentially that weekend of um, off the. I can't remember what the date of the Saturday is, but I think it's you know, uh, roughly the 14th or so of March, you know, somewhere there. Outside of that, do you know anything else more about that? You know, the, the fixture list going through the spring. Um, no details, but I think we you should look for a schedule release in mid January. Okay. Uh, do we know who we're going to be playing? Or, or do you, there's, you know, there's been some conjecture online about some of the, some of the clubs and you may not know or be not at Liberty to, to share. That's fine. You know, do you, are, you know, do we have I mean, a who, good idea? Who we, who we open or just who we open with? No, or just, well, open and just, you know, are, are, 
do we know the list of teams that are going to be here in the spring? Some of them, yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I mean, I, I don't know, and I don't know enough to commentate to comment with any authority. I mean, I think, I think the the ones that the Twitterverse knows are solid are still solid, and the questions are still the questions, and they should. It, it's it's in the process of being resolved and worked out, and I think you know that timetable that I gave you for a fixture schedule release, we. We should have all the answers. Cool, fair enough. The other thing that's interesting in the in the list of of things is is the invitation to a monthly technical talk with CFC staff. So what uh, what what are we thinking about? What would that look like? And you know what what would we expect or somebody expect to see at those at those opportunities to speak with the staff? Sure. So I mean that's still a a um, product for lack of a better word that's in process of being built out but um but in talking with bill and peter and jordan and everybody involved on the technical side they they liked the idea they were excited about the possibility to do it to interact with um you know supporters and season ticket holders on a regular basis my guess is that that it will kind of rotate through at least those three and maybe strength and conditioning staff maybe at some point to just a give um, supporters a, a variety of who they're hearing and who they get to ask questions to. Um, because obviously like if you talk to the um, strength staff, you're going to, it's a whole different perspective, right. Than if you talk to Peter. So, and to, uh, you know, kind of divvy up the responsibilities among the technical staff. So it's not, you know, all that onus isn't falling onto the same person repeatedly. Um, you know, and frankly, until we see the, the schedule, um, we'll have to figure out, you know, it's way too early for us to say, this is going to be something like, the third Tuesday of every month or something like that, just because we, you know, especially with some of the West coast travel that we'll be doing, we, you know, we don't know what that's going to look like, but we'll publish the schedule of those as, as quickly as, as we can um, so that people can, you know, schedule their, their times around it. it. We're, we're internally discussing whether that is adjacent to a match. Um, so it would be like, post-match, you know, maybe, or day before a match or day after a match or something like that. Um, you know, so obviously we want to make sure our technical staff has the time that they need to prepare, you know, for next matches and all those things. And we'll kind of defer to them about where, where in the schedule that, you know, it fits best. Um, but we'll, you know, we're looking forward to it. We think it's something that kind of will be, will help our fans um, of all stripes, whether they're new to the game or whether they're, you know, a very season savvy soccer, you know, viewer, um, that there'll be a little bit of something for everyone. Um, so we definitely, you know, want to make sure that this is something that we do and we do well. So you mentioned their West Coast, West Coast matches. So I think I'd heard somewhere that this will be, Basically, we'll be doing home and aways with everybody in Nisa. It's not really an east-west split like the fall showcase was. Is that correct? Yes, it's um, the one of the takeaways from the league meetings is that everybody was very firm, firmly in favor of a single table. Um, and in order to have a single table, you have to play round robin. You know, yeah. I mean, there's really no other way to do it. Okay, that's cool. Um, 
you know, the, the other thing that I know that David was excited about uh, was offering some youth tickets that you kind of a youth package. This is separate from the academy players. Is that is that right, or is or is this a replacement for the academy? You know, the... No, it's separate. So academy players still will get in for free as part of their membership as an you know an academy member. But um, but no, so this is for people whose maybe kids don't play or um, for whatever reason you know aren't academy players but want to have a, you know want to go to the matches. So um, so yeah, so we'll have the have the youth and it just like the adult pass you can do it with or without the jersey so it's just you get the deep discount on the jersey if you decide that's the route you want to go i think that's cool it's i mean you know it's for well my you know my kids are they are not eligible for the youth pass (laughs) but uh but it's it's really (laughs) they aged out yeah they've aged out they've aged out and you know i just my younger one just aged out of the academy so he's I think he's got his jersey from this year, but this will be the last year he'll be able to squeeze in to 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 the matches using his using his CFC jersey. So we've we've crossed the we've crossed the you know a, a mark here in our lives that you know now we're 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 gonna have to pay full price for well they're gonna excuse me they're gonna have to pay full price, um, not, <laughs> not yeah not us. When the when the stuff happened, you referenced um, talking to Tim after the. The, the franchise came in, the, the USL franchise came into town. And, you know, the, the, one of the things that quickly happened, and, and people saw it if they paid attention to who was on the front of some of our shirts uh, and some of the signs around the stadium, um, you know, so there were some sponsors who kind of left and went. And, you know, many of, our, many of the big ones stayed, which, we, you know, I really appreciated, but some didn't. And so I know that's part, you, you brought that up as a kind of a part of your job, um, what is the, what has it been like going and talking with those folks? And I know you're, you know, you've, what you're, this is like your third week, I think on the job, something like that. So you may have not gotten a lot of chance to do this, but what, what, you know, when you walk in the door, what's the response been now that, you know, CFC has, has taken the jump to become, you know, a different type of club. So, you know, the response has been super positive, overwhelmingly positive. We, um, you know, the sponsorship piece has been something that we're, we've been very aggressive on the last month or so, you know, since basically since kind of Jeremy and I got, got to town full time. Um, we, we've got three of us that are out banging on doors literally every day, um, starting with renewals. But, uh, you know, I mean, for one, the, you know, there are, there are a handful in, you know, anybody who follows along probably could name who they are that um, have been with us for a long time and are always going to kind of be with us. And, and they're, they're, they believe in what we believe in and they're a big part of, of why the club is in, you know, the shape that it's in and, you know, the VWs of the world and the EPBs and um, Chai Memorial Center for Sports Med, those, those guys, um, Coca-Cola. Um, we're, we're in talks with them about, renewals all the time. I mean, that's just kind of an ongoing thing in our business all the time. You're always talking with them about ways to grow, um, not just grow our partnership with them, but to help them do well, because if we help them do well and, and they know that our supporters are supporting their business, then obviously it's good for everybody. And the, you know, the sponsorship, um, pays dividends, so to speak. Um, but we're also, you know, opening a lot of new doors, um, going back to people that, 
you know, years ago it sponsored and dropped off for whatever reason. Um, you know, the city is growing so fast and so um, not not just even the city, like from a population standpoint, but the business of our city is growing to the point where there's more more community-based businesses that are thriving than probably at any time in a long time. Um, so Jeremy and I sat down with one today and had a very, very productive meeting. And I think you're going to see something super cool in the spring season that I can't quite talk about, but it's going to be really exciting. Um, uh, something that our club has never really done before that is going to be kind of next level that our fans can really, really enjoy. So we've got, you know, this is a big part of what, what we're doing right now. Um, you know, to be honest, um, it's, you know, the sponsorship piece, uh, along with season ticket sales, but I mean, the sponsorship piece is our biggest priority right now because of just the way that marketing budgets happen, you know, decisions are being made now with marketing dollars for 2020. And if we're, you know, still out banging on doors in March and April, people are going to be like, I already committed my budget somewhere else. So come back to me next year. Um, so we're, you know, we're super aggressive and, and continuing to be um, as we can. We have a super aggressive ticket sales goal and a super aggressive sponsorship goal that, you know, frankly, it's going to be quite a bit more expensive to operate the club this year with the travel and the payroll and all the, the, the new things that, that um, come along with this move. Um, but a big part of the reason that we're, we're getting such a good reaction when we go knock on these doors and go call on the, the business community, a lot of it has to do with the supporter ownership campaign. I mean, that was such a big, um, such big news and not just in town, but all over the country about, you know, the only real American soccer, soccer club or sports franchise, you know, doing it the way we did it. I mean, the Packers has, you yeah, have fan ownership, but it's, it's really kind of closed because it's, you know, people are inheriting those shares. There aren't any more of them. They've been around for forever. So the fact that we had a straight up public offering um, and it's, you know, you know, there are a lot of business leaders and decision makers in the city that hadn't really been affiliated with the club before that bought shares to support a Chattanooga movement. And, you know, when we go visit people, that's one of the first things they want to talk about. Um, um, if they bought, they want to talk about it. If they didn't buy, they heard about it and they want to know how it went and they want to know more details. Um, so it's really given us an opportunity to really kind of talk about the ethos of the club and to talk about the fact that we're a public benefit corporation um, and to really kind of separate ourselves from um, McFranchise sports um, by talking about the difference, which gives us an opportunity to talk about the academy and to talk about OGA and to talk about Ted New Sports Ministries and talk about, um, you know, Highland Park Commons and all the other awesome things that are in this city because of the club. And um, by the time we're done talking about that, everybody's kind of fired up. So it's it's really a, a big distinguisher for us. And it's it's pretty cool to be able to share that with folks. Yeah, you brought up the support, supporter owner. I know that one thing that I was going to ask, and, and this is not the big thing I, I couldn't remember just a second ago. But um, so for for those robber barons that 
bought in at a much higher level um, and had the the season t- they were like lifetime season tickets. I think for like you got one for the five thousand dollar level and two, I believe, for the ten thousand dollar level. Um, do any, any you know for those folks any uh, idea when they will be kind of that they will know when or or how how does that work with the new season ticket packages? Um, I. I don't know like physically what the, that pass will look like or how that'll be, how it'll kind of play out of whether you'll get a new card every year or, I mean, we have to, we have to make it work with the, the scanners at the stadium so that the scanners recognize, yes, you have a valid ticket. Um, so it'll probably be some kind of annual card that you'll get. Um, but, you know, we'll be reaching out to those um, owners um, in January, and you know, prob- more than likely that'll be a a one-on-one you know follow up because a there frankly aren't that many, but b you know the level of financial commitment that you made you know you should get personal follow up right. Um, so um, we're working through that plan right now. We, you know, we know, and we've had a couple reach out and ask that question. And we have basically communicated, Hey, look, we, we know that this is, um, an obligation we have to you and we're happy to, um, fulfill it. We're just working through kind of the, the details of the best way to get you something, um, that works so that the first match of the, the season, you're not, um, standing there and the ushers trying to scan you in, you can't get in the building. So I did, I did remember what I was going to ask. Um, I knew that if, if I just sat here long enough, my old brain would, would bring it, would bring it up. Um, any more, any uh, timeline on like a Jersey reveal or a Jersey reveal party? I know that when David talked to us, the, the, the group had kind of narrowed it down to one or, or two or three. I can't remember what he said. Um, and, and the, the choice was going to be made, I believe he said soon. Um, so in, any, any idea of, about when, when that Jersey re- reveal might be? Um, no, yeah, it, only <laughs> okay. because they're, they're, they're just, um, soon, <laughs> but soon is, is like, you know, it's, it's like you, when you're on vacation with a six year old in the back, are we there yet? You yeah. know, kind of thing. Um, so just to give you an indication of kind of what is holding this up or, or just the logistics involved, um, you know, so we changed uh, kit manufacturers. Um, we are still waiting from them on some um, samples. Um, it's been slightly complicated by the fact that they're moving a lot of things from Europe to Boston where they're headquartered to um help fulfill that and then obviously you throw in the holidays it kind of slows things down a little bit um we are also tying off a few renewals on on the sponsors that appear on the kit every year that have to be tied off before we can go into production so um and we would much rather reveal the actual jersey than like a cardboard you know rendering of it so um all that said we are very hopeful to have that um tied off quickly after the holidays and be able to get some produced so that we can have that for you. Um, Cause you know, you know, and, and just looking at it from like a pure marketing standpoint too, like all of these kind of things that, uh, that fans 
want to see, we want to give you this time of year because there's no games being played. There's not a whole lot of news um, to keep us kind of in the your forefront of your mind. And if we can announce a Jersey party or we can show you what the Jersey looks like, or we can, um, you know, we can uh, announce a player signing or something like that, you know, the, that's ways for us to be in the news, be in, in the forefront for you to think about. Um, so we want these things to happen probably more than you do. Um, but, you know, we just, they happen when logistics allow them to happen sometimes. Well, you, uh, you're going to, you gave me my segue because you said it, I didn't have to bring right. it up <laughs> since, since you are in also the PR. Yeah. So, uh, so I'll give you, it's the same answer as with the Jersey. I mean, as soon as, as soon as we have something to talk about, we'll have something to talk about. Um, so the NISA um, uniform contract just kind of finally got approved and signed off on. And so those are in the process of being um, given to people that we know we want to sign and that are scattered to the four winds and are gone for holidays and things as well. So I think in the, um, early January, you'll start to see the first of uh, player signings. And do you, do you know anything about squad size? I mean, this this not really your area of the club, but are we looking? No. At, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, I don't know anything. <laughs> and I'm gonna have to. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to push pause. I have to pump some gas. I'm literally sitting here idling, about to run out of gas. So I'll uh, I'll be right back to you. All right, you can you can press record or whatever again. We're good to go. Oh, it, I, the, the, oh, it's been recording the whole time. I just won't. I just won't use it. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. Won't well, yet. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead with the next thing. We're ready to go. So <laughs> okay. Um, the the attendance um is what I wanted to talk about a little bit earlier. The uh, somebody asked me today, um, and they've and several people have asked me about you know, the, the fall season and, and what, if anything, did CFC learn from that fall season? And we've, we went over this in the, 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 um, review that you talked about with the, with the uh, section 109 guys that with the rain and the weather, I, I'm, I don't know how much we really learned. Did we learn anything from the fall and, and you weren't here. So you're, you're hearing this from, from other folks, but did, did the club learn anything about, kind of um, moving into professional, the professional association, um, having fall games or, or more games. Did we learn really anything about that um, going when we participated in the members cup? Um, well, I mean, I was, I was at the last two matches, which um, outside of the match that was delayed twice for lightning may have been the worst weather of, of the season, those two matches. But um yeah, I mean, I think it's very, very difficult to draw any meaningful conclusions from just raw data because the weather was so, not only so bad, but just so consistently bad um, that, you know, it's 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 really hard to um, 
any conclusions that you want to draw would be hard hard to i think say with authority um you know i think it's it's almost like a rorschach test you just if you have a an opinion that you're looking for confirmation for you'll find it either way um that said um you know we are exploring every way that we can help attendance um you know look just overall, whether it's fall or spring, you know, the approach that I t- I'm taking here is, you know, we kind of know what our core audience is, um, rain or shine, or, you know, when when things are, are good, we kind of know, like, okay, this is the baseline attendance that we, you know, window of attendance that we would, we would get on a normal Saturday, where weather's reasonably good. And we know that the majority of that group is, you know, would self-identify as a, you know, hardcore CSC fan, whether they're part of the hooligans, you know, section 109, or whether they're, you know, just a, a season pass, annual pass holder, or they're just a Chattanooga that really likes us and comes on a, you know, semi-regular basis. So our task is to, continue to grow that group and to do everything we can to grow that group. But the opportunity is with people beyond that group that maybe are sports fans, but not necessarily CFC fans or they're sports fans, but not necessarily soccer fans or their families in search of entertainment options. Um, you know, so our competition, so to speak for, you know, um, that audience isn't necessarily you know, make franchise down the street or UTC's football or whatever, or college football, or it's the competition for those, those folks is Netflix, Amazon, wine over water, um, rock climbing, hang gliding, whatever fun thing is going on, you know, a concert at Songbirds or, um, you know, uh, Riverbend or J-Fest or whatever, big thing is happening in town that weekend. And so part of our marketing strategy is going to be geared toward a a more casual fan because that's what we need to get more of in order to continue to grow. And hopefully we get them here and they like it and want to do it again. Um, So, you know, it's part of a big part of that is making sure that when it's Thursday or Friday and people are talking about what are we going to do this weekend? And they rattle off the things that they know are happening in town that weekend that they may want to do that we're in that conversation that we're in that top one or two or three things that they would throw out. You know, it's not just, Hey, let's go to Clyde's and have a few beers and, you know, go to Southside social and play some games or throw some axes or whatever, but it's, Hey, CSC is here. Let's make sure we go to the CSC game and then we can go do those other things off of the CSC game. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a lot of our marketing in the past has been to the, um, you know, very strongly self-identified soccer fan, which we're still going to do, but it's, but they're not going to be the core of the marketing because, um, that group is is smaller and we still want to go after it and grow that but but the big opportunity is you know 
I mean, there are Chattanoogans in this town that really don't know a whole lot about us yet still, believe it or not. Um, and there are more and more people moving to town every, every year that are an opportunity for us to engage and hopefully get them to Finley Stadium. They enjoy it and they want to, you know, they want to be a part of what we're doing. Well, I think that's what makes the ticket exchange thing really interesting. You know, I had thought long and hard about ways to encourage season ticket holders to bring folks who haven't been there before. Uh, and so, you know, the, right. I, you know, I, I, I could never figure out a way to do that. That wouldn't, that couldn't be kind of abused. Um, but you know, this, the, the, this is interesting. The, if I have to, if I can miss, if I miss a match, I don't miss the opportunity then to bring someone else. Are there other ways or uh, other things that, that you all have thought about or talked about ways to leverage uh, season ticket holders and those, you know, the Chatter Hooligans are those crazy folks that, that go and stand out in the rain, um, how to leverage them into the marketing strategy? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, to go back to the ticket exchange, I mean, you know, uh, for, you know, in the, in the past and in the vast majority of season ticket structures, you know, across all sports in the U S you know, if you miss a game, well, you, you know, you miss the game. Um, here's an opportunity for you to exchange that. You need to do it before the game, but um, exchange that for a future ticket that would allow you to essentially double up for a game and bring a buddy, bring a friend, bring a family member, whatever. Um, you know, evangelize, go find somebody that's never been and, and bring them in. Um, we're going to, you know, re remind people about that very frequently. Um, we'll roll out some programs where. Um, you know, if you want to donate um, tickets to um, the foundation to give to kids in the area that can't afford them or families that can't afford them to come to a game, uh, we'll probably do some stuff with Vet Ticks, which is a charity that um, people can donate tickets to to bring veterans to games, um, especially wounded veterans. You know, so we'll have other opportunities. We're going to be talking with supporter owners that live outside of the Chattanooga market that, you know, some of them are international and just, it's not, they're never going to make it here for a game and, you know, maybe give them an opportunity to buy season passes and, and donate them back. Um, so there are a lot of things like that, that we're working on, we're exploring and, and we're excited to roll out, but, um, you know, we'll roll, we'll, we'll get season passes going and kind of get some momentum there and then roll that stuff out later. Well, you know, it's, it's been great to, to talk with you. I, I, I can't think of really anything else unless you've got some stuff that you feel like the club wants to get out there, um, to, you know, both of our listeners. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it would boil down to, um, you know, kind of some of the themes we've already touched on, but, um, buy your season pass. It's never going to be cheaper than buying it now. Um, and if you buy it now, you can get a, you know, extremely discounted Jersey, um, if you, if you'd like a Jersey and, and they make, they do make great holiday gifts. Um, you know, if you, if you break it down by, by the dollar, you're, you're saving about five bucks a game. If you buy a season pass over buying individually at the per ticket, you know, per game ticket price, um, you know, so, and, or those of you that already have season passes, find a friend who doesn't and talk to them, tell them what a great time you're having invite them to be a part of your group. I mean, if you're, you know, if you've got a regular squad of friends you go to games with, even if you're not in section 109, um, you know, 
invite them to be a part of your group and engage them and involve them. And then, you know, I'm going to make a point. I know Jeremy will too, but you make a point to try to be at as many, you know, hooligan meetups and group meetups and functions in the off season to meet fans and talk to fans and listen to their ideas. If you have a great idea that you haven't heard us talk about or something you've always felt like the club should do that we don't do, you know, call me, email me, send a carrier pigeon, send me a tweet, you know, um, or grab me at one of these meetups and, and pull me aside and bend my ear. We're happy to listen. You know, we, we don't own all the good ideas. Good ideas can come from anywhere. So we're, we're anxious to listen to what our supporters and then our supporter owners have to say. Yeah. I, I would love to find or treat, come up with different ways of, of having or rewarding folks for bringing new people to the, uh, you know, into the group, um, you know, and, 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 right. and some way of recognizing someone, and I don't know how you do this. They, people smarter than me are going to have to figure that out, but you know, how to, you know, how to reward folks for bringing new people in and then recognizing those new folks, um, when they come, you know, I, I don't know if that's a, you know, you, you go by the, you go by the merch booth and if this is your first, this is your first game, there's a, you know, there's a first, a first match package that, that you can pick up. I don't know how you prove that somebody's first game. So, but um, you know, that, you know, those, right. those little things, cause I, I do think that's, you know, that that's where I, I need to challenge myself uh, to do, to do better is to go out and find folks who, who I know who haven't been yet uh, and bring them in and, and show them what, uh, what CFC is and, 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 and what, what it can be in, in the community that it is, you know, I, I've, you know, our CFC is, you know, I, you know, the, I said this to uh protagonist, they, they put, they nominated uh, CFC for a club of the year and, and uh, Dan called, or I guess he, he emailed me or texted me, I can't remember and, and asked me some questions and, you know, why, why, how did you get involved with CFC and, and, and are, you know, did you, are you buying or did you, did I contribute to the, supporter owner, um, campaign. And I was like, absolutely. I did. I mean, it's, you know, it's, um, CFC has become kind of our friend group. You know, the two are both, both of our boys went through the Academy, but the, you know, the other folks that we know largely are from this, the Chattanooga soccer community. And so I need to challenge myself to kind of get out there and bring more folks, um, you know, share the CFC, uh, gospel, I guess, if you want to, if you want to put it that way and do a little discipleship. So if there's other, if there are any other ways to in- incentivize that, I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. And, and we're, we're kicking around a few ideas. Um, nothing fully baked yet, but we're, we're kicking around a few ideas. Oh, it's, I should mention too, on the PR side, um, we, we will, one thing you'll see us institute, which is pretty common everywhere, we just have never done it here, is, uh, you know, Peter will have a midweek presser every week to talk about the upcoming match, you know, that, you know, you see managers across the country, across the world do every week. So we'll do that. We'll, you know, as a result, those will go up on, you know, Facebook and Twitter and on the website and all those stuff on video. May or may not open those to the public, um, you know, but they'll be midweek during the day. So, I mean, a lot of people will be at work, but, um, uh, but that's something that we'll, we'll institute going forward so that, you know, you'll be able to hear 
Peter talk about the opponent, who they're, who we're going to play, what you know, what to look out for, and all those kind of things. Give the media an opportunity to to ask him questions in advance of the game. But um, but that's something you know to look forward to for this season as well. Well, I am really excited about uh, about you know CFC moving into NISA and moving into the the professional ranks. Um, you know the the things that we've talked about. Um, you know, it just just remind me that that it's it's going to be a fun it'll be a fun ride. It's going to be a little bit of a ride, I, I imagine, but uh, it it should be a fun one. Um, and again, I, I really appreciate you coming on. And you know, I know this is the this is really like the, the week last weekend before Christmas. You could do there's a lot of other stuff you could be doing than sitting and talking to me uh, about you know about this stuff. So I really appreciate it. It's great to have you back in Chattanooga. Um, we need to get together and, and watch a soccer match again. Hopefully not, uh, the North London Derby. I don't know if I want to do that right now, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know. well, I mean, there, there've been, po- there've been points this season that my, my North London club has been unwatchable. Um, yeah. thankfully they've seen seemingly have uh, turned the corner a little bit, but, um, you know, if I wasn't going to be out of town for the holidays, I'd say let's uh, find some Boxing Day matches to watch. But I'll be gone. But uh, you know, maybe the next Champions uh, Cup round, we'll uh, we'll have to get together and Cha- I don't find know. a match to I watch. That I don't know what the ch- Champions League. I don't know what that is. What is that? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's 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 been a minute since your club's been in it, but uh, I know you're you're used to those. <laughs> you're used to those Wednesday matches in Uzbekistan, but uh, you know, in the snow. But um, yes, yeah. But so it's a uh, it's it's the thing that gets your club a midweek holiday. <laughs> Stop. So, Stop. but no, it's it's okay. It's it, it's very rare that I've been able to uh, poke fun at uh, the other club in North London. So you know, I should get it in while I can because yeah. the table will turn before long. I'm sure. So. Well, from, from your, well, thank you. It's good talking to you. Yeah. And uh, if I don't see you or talk to you, I hope you have a, a good Christmas and a good New Year. I know you're traveling for the holidays, so safe travels to you and your family. And uh, we will be, I'm sure we'll be talking again fairly soon. We've got a lot of stuff, um, you know, coming up right at, hopefully at the beginning of the year with new players and, and, and all the other stuff that comes with a – a late February, early March start. So, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. It'll be here. It'll be here before we know it. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, if you, if anybody has any, any thoughts to share or ideas, uh, you can find me on Twitter at CFC underscore CMO, uh, the work account and you can get me there. My DMS are open. You can send me all of the hate mail or ideas or, um, why don't we that you that you want to send and I'll answer as best I can. And again, thanks for uh, Owen spending some time with me and thanks to Dos Bros for sponsoring the podcast and allowing us to to do this and bring you some some really cool interviews. Todd, I don't know if anything um, if anything you said you feel like you want to you want to talk about. I know that the the one thing I, I appreciated, was you know talking a little bit about the ticket exchange and the clubs understanding that there's a core group of people that are going to come to games pretty much no matter what um, you know that they're they want to grow that core group but they realize that the bigger the bigger area of growth is the casual fan and 
anything that could that you know that could bring in those folks and allow um, season ticket holders to kind of bring those people in at a at a really low cost. Uh, I think is is beneficial. Yeah, I think they're they're really they're putting their their heads in there and trying to come up with some creative things to do as far as ticketing. And I think that's great. I think you kind of got to do everything you can to do that. And uh, it's right. It's really is the casual fan that you're trying to grow because as some of the worst weather we've ever seen at Finley and this year, uh, you look right down there in 109 and you still see people just singing and dancing in the rain. I'm pretty sure we can chalk those people. They're going to be there, you know, come hell or the proverbial hell or high water. So going after those casuals is going to be huge. And uh, like you said, amazingly enough, there's still people in the, in our very, uh, and, and, you know, in our community that don't know about CSC and what they do. Or, or they they may have heard of it, but they've never experienced it, and and those are the people that they really need to go for. Um, so yeah, it was good to hear. And by the way, um, I like how he uh, invited you to come and help out with the stats. Um, <laughs> but he he uh, but I like how he he apparently doesn't know that we're already a big thing and we already go to the press box because he's like we can bring you up to the press box. And I'm like we're already in the press box, baby. Like I, that's not yeah, that's yeah. not doing anything for us. We're already big time. Yeah, but I, I am excited about. Although I don't know how excited I am. You know, I, he, he talked about that, that Nisa will have a kind of core set of statistics, and I've seen the the stat sheet that that at least they were using in the spring. And if if that's the core set, then it's. I mean, it's 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 your real it's your basic. Um, box score stuff so it's you know assists shots you know that that kind of thing well, let's be fair that's a lot better than than what we've had over the past year so i'm excited about i mean if we can get a, a solid stat you know box coming out that would be great i mean xg stuff aside i mean just having shot shots on goal and that sort of thing and that that would be that would be great but no i, I thought it was a really good really good interview though yeah, I mean, it will save me some time going back and having to watch it back on my Kuju three or four times to get some of that well, stuff. But okay, so so yes, it will save you some time, and it will save our listeners and Lord the Times Free Press from actually having to ask <laughs> us what the stats were for the game. Yeah, you know what? That makes me doubt anything. I like that. I love the Times Free Press. Okay, I'll just tell you, I'm a fan, but. It makes me question everything when they're depending on me to give them the stats. Like where, where, where is, where is the journalistic integrity when they're asking me? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a big asterisk when they, when they're using four, two, three soccer, st- you know, statistics, there's, there needs to be some asterisks beside those numbers, but Hey, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it, but I really, really would like some, you know, something a little bit deeper than, than just those those things, and so I will, I will still be doing what I did in the past, um, but I won't have to count some things because they'll be, um, you know, they'll already be there in the in the stat sheet. Well, so, I'll be I'll be honest with you too. It's a it's a very and you you've done it and I've done it, but when I you know I tend to like to watch the flow of the game and I don't like to pause and and write down the stat. I do it. And, and we've both done it, but the idea of just sitting there, especially for like post-match stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when we go like, interview the coach and then we go do our post-match rant, you know, having those stats and, and having to like pause during, and, you know, you kind of lose the flow of the game and some of the action because you, your head's down or it's sprinkling rain. 
So, yeah, I, I will welcome any sort of uh, stats that they uh, do that I can just look at at the end of the game right at, right at halftime. So uh, I'm not, I'm not going to belabor that too much longer. I'm happy for stats. Yes, stats, stats good. Stats are good. I mean, that, the other, so, you know, I wish, I, I wish there was, you know, I brought this up to him, you know, getting back to kind of the, um, the, uh, the providing tickets or providing opportunities for the casual fan to come. You know, I wish there was a way that we could incentivize and, and kind of encourage, um, season ticket holders to bring folks who haven't been before. Um, you know, like I, you know, I told them just creating some type of first time package that, if you're bringing somebody in that who's not been to a game before, they can go and see Dave at the merch booth and and get a I don't know what it is a koozie or something that you know that has the CFC logo on it and it's you know first timer or something like that. Or, um, just, yeah, that's great. And you know, last year I said the same thing. Like you know, at the owners like the owners like this past season, you know, you get to bring like you know one person one time, you know on the house, you know, just to do anything to try to get more, more eyes in the stadium and that sort of thing. So yeah, you're, you're thinking just like I am and probably just like they are, to be honest. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that the the new person can get a seat cushion. <laughs> oh, that would literally put butts in seats. Yeah, it would. But then, psh, I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a soundboard. So. Soundboard, soundboard. Oh yeah. no, we know where that that that's in the dungeon. Yeah, that's in the that's in the lair. So, um, yeah, the the, the one hundred nine sound dungeon. Well, man, this is a uh, this is probably it for the year. Yeah, right? yeah. Again, I I would like to to thank everybody who has listened, who has shared this, who, um, you know, who has has reached out to us on Twitter or saw us at a match or saw us at at uh, Chattanooga Brewing afterwards. Um, you know, it's been. It's been really cool, you know, Todd. I don't. It was like in June when I sent this random email or random tweet out, as in, you know, just saying, "Has anybody else thought about this?" And I can't remember if you were if you responded or you were. It was a DM, um, and we we you know I think we met at halftime of a match. I don't even remember what match it was, and um, you know now it was raining. It was yes, it was. It, well, it was it was an MPSL match, so I don't know. It, it wasn't that, a, that should that should narrow it down. Yeah, yeah, it should, but I don't remember. It was in June, um, and uh, you know now some I don't know about almost forty recordings later. Uh, you know, I just want to thank you for reaching out and thank you for for being kind of for being the other person, the the voice. Uh, somebody who can keep me honest and um you know it's it's just been it's good it's been good to know you because we really didn't know each other that when we met at, at that halftime so it's been really cool to get to know you it's been cool to get to know some of the other folks with the club and it's just been a cool year um you know i i, I remember a lot about this year and the um the podcast has has been a a real source of of joy for me um, you know, I'll never, I'll never forget the, you know, getting that, that note from TJ with Bailey's artwork and, you know, just little things like that are just going to be, you know, the, the conversation with Eric, uh, Housley before the Napa Valley game, the, you know, just the people we've gotten to talk to and the people we've gotten to meet, um, it has been really cool and special. And, uh, I've just been, I've been, uh, uh it's been my privilege to be a part of it. So. Yeah, are you gonna play some soppy music with the end of it? I could, I could get some Celine Dion. It'd be appropriate. 
I could get some yeah. Celine Dion. No, but it, no, but just to just to kind of harp on what you what you said. No, it's it's been awesome, and you know, you know, there's so many parts that aren't officially CFC that make the fan experience, and and I'm just happy to uh, to be a part of this because I feel like you know it does something uh, to add to the fan experience. You know, whether it's you know. Uh, the Chattahooligans or, you know, the people behind the scenes making the banners and making the game day experience possible. Uh, you know, all those people, I feel like this is, you know, part of the way that, that I give back to a, a community that gives to me. And um, I just can't help but think that 2020, you know, we're going to be meeting real soon to discuss like how we're going to go about 2020. And I just think it's going to be bigger and better things. Um you know, we're still perfecting our craft here, and, and I think uh, it's just going to get better, and I'm excited to see what uh, 2020 has. So let me, uh, before I forget, you know, I don't know if we've done all of these things, if we've thanked, if I've ever really thanked everybody, but I'd like to thank, you know, Galen and Breezy and the rest of the Chattahooligans. They provide the cheers that you hear in in the intro music. Uh, Sound Monkey, Jeremy, uh, was, was – um, gracious enough to share his audio with me that, that allowed me to kind of put the, put that, put those into the intro music, uh, Simon and the other announcers, you hear them with some of the calls of a Max Wilshree goal. And I, I can't remember, I think the Oliveira. <laughs> so to Max and, uh, and to pipe, you know, thanks for those goals and thank, thanks for, thanks to Simon for those calls, um, to Dose Bros. Oh, who, and, uh, and thank you. Yeah, those bros. Go ahead. Yeah, to to those bros that that has kind of jumped on and helped us out to Tim and Chad Nigger Brewing Company that allow us to record um, their uh, kind of the post match shows to you know Matt who who's been on the who's been kind of stepped in a couple of times and been a guest on the show to all the guests that we've had um, you know thanks and I hope everybody really has a great holiday and a and a good new year and I'll put uh, my buddy. Uh, and uh second cousin Jake, uh, who uh let me know all the equipment I needed to buy before we ever even started <laughs> this right. venture. So that's big right. Shout out to him. So yeah. And, and that stuff worked out great. So but yeah, uh thank you to all those guys who, who've helped us out and uh and got us to this point. So And I'm sure I've forgotten some people and so just feel free to to yell at me. Um again, if you need to know where to find me to yell at me, you can find me on Twitter at Chattagooner and you can, uh, you can block me, mute me, do whatever you need to do. And it's at Chattagooner and Todd, where can they find you on the Twitter first? Uh, they can find me at great footballer on Twitter and uh, you can do the same. Mute me, block me, do whatever you like. I, I tend to get aggressive the later in the evening. I tend to get more aggressive <laughs> with my tweeting. So, <laughs> You can also find the podcast on Twitter at 423SoccerPod. If you would be so kind to go on to your favorite podcast listening uh, site or app and give us a, a good review, just give us a five-star review. You can write whatever you want. Um, and if you know if, if, if it's funny enough, I might put it up into our, our Twitter header. Anything else before we close it off for 2019? No, everybody have a happy new year. Uh, have a safe uh, holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Well, Todd, if uh, if if nothing, if there's nothing else, I think I'll wrap up 
2019. And again, for all, for everybody who has listened and, and contributed, thank you so much. And we will see you guys in 2020. And with that, go CFC. Go Blue. Oh, Mr. Oliveira with a cheeky goal. <laughs>